A reading from St. Luke, chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. O Lord, have mercy on us. In many and in various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I think there are little jokes that develop within the life of a pastor's family. For example, if I'm going to take the kids out to Cops Custard or have some other exciting news to share, I'll preface the good news by telling them I have an important announcement to make. Pastors are in the business of making announcements. So we have fun with that. And I like to think that I've had some exciting announcements in the past. We're going to cops for custard. We're going to a water park today. Or grandma's coming over. It's all good news. But there's just nothing like the announcement that you heard tonight. The good news of the gospel. Greetings, O highly favored one. The Lord is with you. That's the announcement of the angel Gabriel to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's the good news of the gospel and a glorious announcement to each and every one of you as well. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be called Great and the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. As far as announcements go, there has never been one greater than that. 
And the whole world has been waiting for that one since the promise to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.15, the faithful have been waiting to hear this very announcement of the coming of the seed of the woman who would crush the devil's hold on man and take away sin and death forever. This wonderful announcement, which the church has traditionally called the Annunciation, is the greatest event in all history. The angel Gabriel further announces to Mary that the Holy Spirit will come upon her and that the power of the Most High will overshadow her and that this child will be called Holy and the Son of God. That is all to say that this child is true God and true man, that he is born without the stain of original sin, which is passed on from a human father to a child. The scriptures teach us that sin came into the world through one man and that death spread to all men because all sinned. But now, from the virgin womb of Mary, the second Adam has come without sin to restore all that went wrong, to elevate our human nature and to raise us up through the forgiveness of sins. I know that's a lot to think about. Think about it this way. As Eve contained in her womb all humanity that was doomed to die, so Mary now contains in her womb the new Adam, who will father a new humanity by his grace. And this is all possible because Christ, our blessed Savior, the fruit of Mary's womb, is both true God and true man. It's therefore fitting that the reading historically appointed for this day, for Wednesday of the first week of Advent, also falls on St. Nicholas Day. Tradition holds that St. Nicholas was present at the Council of Nicaea. That's where we get the Nicene Creed, a statement of belief that correctly holds up the confession that Jesus is both true God and true man. That was the dispute at the time and it's the confession that St. Nicholas fought for. You see, in the 4th century, there was a heresy that was nearly taking over the church, that somehow Jesus was not true God. And there was a popular and influential false teacher named Arius who was spreading falsehoods about who Jesus was, and he denied his deity. Supposedly, St. Nicholas was so offended by this false teaching and Arius's impenitence that he quite literally attempted to slap some sense into him. He hit him. And as a consequence, this day is alternately known as Slap a Heretic Day, although by no means would I recommend that. Anyways, the story goes that Nicholas repented and and that uh, he asked the council for forgiveness, which he received. What's admirable from Nicholas is his zeal for a right confession of who Christ is. That's good. He loves pure doctrine, and he's concerned in a zealous way about the truth. And yet in his example, we see also a shortcoming and a sin 
which we're all guilty of, which is anger. And anger, writes St. Paul, does not produce the righteousness of God. There are, of course, other stories about uh, St. Nicholas giving money to a poor man for his daughter's dowries to spare them from a life of slavery, or stories about giving a poor farmer a new ox, or a widow who needed oatmeal and raisins for her poor children, and St. Nicholas gave it to her. And St. Nicholas, he got a kick out of giving surprise gifts to children. He'd throw them right in the window or under the crack of the door, and it made the little kids' eyes crinkle with joy and their feet jump up and down. The legends, they abound, but what lives on in the church is a day to celebrate a man of orthodox faith who was zealous for the gospel, who helped the poor, and who delighted in giving good gifts to children. And that's definitely an example that each and every one of us can learn from. And it's worth noting that Nicholas's love for Christ and the love for the poor and children has everything, everything to do with the incarnation of God in human flesh and the gift of God in Mary's womb there. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, writes Paul, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Dear friends of God, the truth of the incarnation of God is enough to make our hearts burst with joy if we could take it all in at once. It is the promise of heaven and the joy of eternal life. And it changes us from inside out to know that God is a child. It changes us that we might be willing to give of ourselves, knowing that the Father has given to us his all, his heart, his dear Son, and his greatest treasure. Don't let this important announcement be lost on you tonight. Because the same greeting that sounded forth from the lips of an angel should peel forth this Advent and Christmas into your ears too. Greetings, O favored ones. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you in your home and in your heart and the lives of your children and your love for one another and all around you. And don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. You have found the company of heaven, and you've been given the keys to a kingdom. The Lord of life, he loves you with a love that is stronger than death, and that even the grave itself could not destroy. So let that announcement sink in deep this Advent, and may the love of Christ rest upon you all. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.